Okay, thanks for joining me today, and uh, nice to have you with me on the podcast, The Psychology Report. Autism. The autism spectrum is our topic for the day. This is usually known as the autistic child or the child with um, some form of um, unfamiliar behavior, unusual behavior, odd behavior, and um, comes in three different forms. Uh, We refer to it as autism or the uh, pervasive developmental disorder or the Asperger's disease or syndrome. We have three different categories that are included in this uh, diagnosis or this area of difficulty for children known as autism spectrum disorder. Let's take a look at this anyway in terms of what we know about it and kind of where we are in understanding at this point in time. It uh, is a disorder that really came into light about 1995 and has been increasingly studied and better understood since those days. So according to the Centers for Disease Control, in the year of 1995, one out of 500 children were diagnosed with autism. In the year 2000, just five years later, the rate was changed to one out of every 250 children were diagnosed with autism or in the autism spectrum. And in about 2010, it was about one in 150. And uh, boys are uh, diagnosed at a much higher rate than girls. And um, now we're looking at the rate being much more with about one out of every 100 or 125 children being born now fall within this autism spectrum. So it's a disorder that appears to be increasing in, in occurrence, and that may be part of it. We may have some of this related to the drug use of their parents. We may have some of this related to the various types of uh, food products being absorbed and consumed by parents and the children. But um, most of it relates to the fact that we know more about it and we diagnose it more accurately now than we ever have in the past. So the improvement or the change or the increase in the number of autistic children is probably more related to the fact that we can now diagnose and identify them early in life and label them accordingly so that we can now provide a treatment program you know, for them. And we do have treatment methods that apply to these children where in the 1990s, 1995 and so on, we not only did not know how to diagnose this very accurately, but we didn't have much treatment option either. And um, I remember back in the 1960s working with the autistic children. And at that point in time, these kids were just placed into a hospital, to a state hospital for their life. And basically, they were uh, treated 
rarely, if you will, but more maintained in a unit within a hospital setting. But now we're treating them in the homes, we're treating them in the schools, we're treating them in the natural environment, and many of these kids are now enjoying a natural development as other children do, except for the fact that they still need to be treated somewhat cautiously and carefully and in a very special way. Uh, they do not just fit within the general uh, group of children in a school or in society. They are different, they are unusual, and they do need to have different approaches to work with them and to help them in their developmental process. But um, we kind of think about it in this way, and this might be the best way to kind of define it, okay? The autistic spectrum is a developmental behavioral disorder, first of all. It's a behavioral developmental disorder. Uh, have to do with the brain and the relationship between the brain and behavior. And these kids have different brains. These kids have different developmental stages and different ways in which they develop because of that. It's characterized by an impairment in socialization. That is, they have very poor social skills. Eye contact skills, very poor. Communication skills are very poor. So it's socialization and communication. And um, they're restricted in their behavioral patterns and their movements and their activities. Very limited, very uh, stiff in their uh, socialization, very stiff in their communication, and very stiff in their uh, behavioral expressions. And um, their interests are very narrow. And their activities are very narrow. Uh, very, very uh, routine and ritualistic kind of activities and behavior patterns in which they engage. So uh, we see these kids in what we call on a spectrum. And that's where this term comes, the autism spectrum. There's a whole host of identifying characteristics that a child will fall on. In some cases, they'll fall on the very severely impaired end of the continuum. And in something else, they'll fall in a very mild end of the continuum. And maybe even normal behavior patterns in some way, in some cases. So, on a whole host of characteristics, we place them on a spectrum. And if you think of it as a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being very severely impaired. So in most of the situations, most of these characteristics, they would be above a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And on a, in a few situations, they'd be below a 5 on a 10-point scale, maybe 4, maybe 3, and uh, appear to be much more normal in those particular areas. So let's take a look at what the spectrum issue looks like. What would be the line of from 1 to 10 on which you would score these kids? So if you have an uh, autistic child in your home or in your family or you know somebody, perhaps in the church or your community or a club that you belong to, as a child that is autistic or perhaps is autistic, here are some of the characteristics that we use to identify them. And uh, the person that is most skilled at identifying the autistic child is a psychologist. The second most skilled would be a pediatrician.
So you want to make sure that you uh, have your child, if you think the child has autism, uh, you want to have that child evaluated by a psychologist and a treatment program proposed and set forth for you. You may want to check with your pediatrician as well and have one to be the second opinion, one to be the primary decision maker. But the team of a psychologist and a pediatrician work well together with these kids and give them the very best option of developing their skills to the maximum level that they can, their potential, so to speak. Look at some of the spectrum issues, okay? Difficulty with change from routine. They love routine. They do not like change. They can handle change. That's one. That's one spectrum. Here's another one. Hypersensitive challenges or hypersensory challenges. In other words, they don't like bright lights. They don't like loud sounds. They don't like certain foods. They don't like textures of their clothing on their skin. They don't like certain smells. They don't like tags on their clothing that itches them or something to that effect. They're very, very sensitive to uh, anything out of the ordinary or anything unusual. Don't like things tightly uh, around them, like a tight belt or a tight sweater or a tight blouse or shirt. They like things loose. They don't like to be held. They don't like to be touched. So that's the sensory challenges that they go through. This is a, that's a very identifying factor for autism. Here's a third one, poor eye contact. Here's another one, waves their hand. They wave their hand in repeated motion. They'll just kind of like, they're waving to somebody, but they'll make motions with their hands. And um, it's kind of a, a routine behavior that creates some internal stimulation that they uh, appreciate or benefit from. If they play with toys, they often tend to line them up in a row, put them in exact order, in exact row from short to tall or from red to brown or, you know, in some scheme to line up their toys in a row. They run or walk in circles, back and forth in a line. They may spin objects. Uh, that's another f very identifying factor in terms of how they walk might walk on their toes, they might walk on their heels, they might walk on the side of their feet, but they try to walk in a row, back and forth, back and forth, while they're spinning objects or making motions with their hands. They're obsessed about certain items, that is, they like to talk nonstop about some particular topic or some particular area of knowledge that they are very well aware of and know quite much in detail, especially the uh, child that is um, uh, knowledgeable, very bright, very, very uh, capable to know something on one subject such as trains or maybe baseball scores or baseball facts. But in their social skills, their communication skills, they're extremely, extremely impoverished and impaired and primitive. So, in some cases, they have this extreme kind of behavior pattern of high levels of knowledge, but low knowledge of social skills. They have language challenges. Sometimes they talk robotic-like, in monotone voices. 
very, very common among your autistic child. They don't have typical conversations with people. They may answer yes or no, and they answer their, if you ask them questions, they'll answer it in one word. But they do not converse. They don't develop sentences. They don't develop paragraphs in their communications. Very, very limited wording to respond to a, a question that you may ask of them. They often have meltdowns. That is, they often will cry and have uh, a meltdown to even a minor frustration. It's like they've been building up a frustration level and all of a sudden just have a deep melt meltdown where they'll cry and become disorganized in the behavior and maybe very uh, aggressive and violent even, if you will. They can't think in abstract ideas or thoughts. Uh, if you ask them a, a very abstract kind of a question, they have, answer, they have trouble answering it. They answer best when it comes to yes or no and very, very simple one-word answers. They don't have social play very well. They don't interact with others in a social play situation. Other kids have to adapt to them. They have to draw them in and help them play. And that's why these kids need others in their life to help them interact and help them become socially uh, interactive. They don't make friends. They don't, they don't know how to make friends. They don't have any form of deep friendships. Very alone, very, very isolated, lonely kids, if you will. They're insensitive to pain. Uh, they don't react to hurt and to pain like other kids do. They have a very, very high tolerance level uh, for pain. And uh, they prefer much younger kids than themselves. They maybe will interact with older kids, like adults, but very younger children. Because they're younger in a lot of ways themselves. Uh, there's more of an equal level there. Um, and, of course, they have trouble with their fine motor skills or their gross motor skills. Hard for them to write. Hard for them to write letters, to write their name, to uh, make shapes to draw, to design kind of things. They have a very great difficulty with those kind of skills. So if you take all those kind of characteristics and you can take each one of them and put them on a spectrum. In one case, a child might score 10 or 8. In another case, the child might score 2 or 3. They're all over the spectrum. But there is a tendency for them to be more at the high levels of, the, of each spectrum that is, they, these are the spectrums in which they have difficulty. These are the identifying spectrums. Your child, or if you know a child that has these kind of characteristics, more than likely, we have an autistic child. And then we need to have a specialized educational and treatment program designed for them. And the best person to do that is a psychologist. So um, a pediatrician might be helpful in making a diagnosis but they generally do not develop treatment plans for these kids or interact with schools and develop a special educational plan, you know, for these kids. Psychologists will tend to be much more involved with the educational system, much more knowledgeable in terms of what kind of education would benefit them, what kind of uh, physical therapy would benefit them, what kind of occupational therapy would benefit them, what kind of speech therapy would benefit them, what kind of special education program would benefit them. Psychologists tend to have a better knowledge of those kinds of things and then makes the referral of your child or of an autistic child to those kinds of treatment options. So those are the treatment options.
And um, uh, the better the child is involved in all those kind of treatment options, the better he's going to benefit. A psychotherapy program is basic. Family therapy is basic. Parent therapy is basic. Parent counseling is basic. If you have an autistic child, you as a parent need to have somebody that you meet with regularly to get advice and to get guidance and to get kind of a progress report periodically and to make sure that your child is making the progress that your child can make and is ready for another kind of referral or not. Uh, you can't do this alone as a parent if you have an autistic child. Don't go it alone. Don't deny it. Don't say, well, my child is just having trouble. He's going to grow out of it. Stop that nonsense. If you have an autistic child, you have an autistic child. And that means you need to have special help yourself as a parent. And that means you need to put your child into special educational programs, special socialization programs, special language communications programs, special physical therapy kind of programs, uh, relaxation therapy you know, programs, social skill training, and so on. I mean, your child needs an enormous amount of specialized help. And sometimes you have to change schools. Sometimes you have to go to a school in a different neighborhood or a different school district. I've seen parents even move to go to a school where it's well known for its programs with autistic children. So Naperville, Illinois, you know, is a school district that is very well recognized for having an educational program for special education kids, including these autistic kids. And there are a lot of them all over the country. But don't go to just any old school district. Don't just because you live in a school district assume that that school district can handle your child. Don't assume that. You want to do your studies on that. You want to check things out and make sure that your school system that you're living within can handle your child. If not, go to a different school district. Don't play a game. Don't fool around. Don't waste time. Don't think your child is going to grow out of it. Autism, we do not grow out of. This is something that child lives with, but can learn the social skills, can learn the interactional skills, can learn the minimum occupational skills, and can maybe enter into a minimal work environment. So uh, you have your hands full if you have an autistic child. And you're going to need a lot of help and take all the help that you can get and devote yourself to giving the proper educational socialization training to your child that you can give them so that as they grow older and they get into the early teenagers, teenage years, they can interact with others and their, their peers or they can at least make it in society in a very basic kind of way. Find an employer that will take on an autistic child and maybe give them a very simple job part-time. I've even had parents pay an employer to hire their child and use that money to pay the child for their work. Uh, in other words, you've got to be creative. You have to be thoughtful. You have to give special attention to getting these autistic kids integrated within the normal society as best they can. So that's autism, the autism spectrum. And um, these kids are wonderful kids. They're, they're fun to be with, but they're a challenge and they're frustrating. And uh, you have to have a specialized approach 
perspective, attitude, and motivation to work with these kids. So um, do whatever you can, whatever your circumstances allow, but don't deny. If your kid has these kind of characteristics, don't deny. Don't play around. This is autism, and this is a serious thing, and your child can benefit but if you don't provide the structures, you don't provide the educational programming, if you don't provide the needed help, and if you don't get help as a parent, your child will then just wither away, and uh, the development will be minimal. So don't do that. Don't do that. That's, that's, that's not right. To not treat an autistic child properly is borders on child abuse. So let me just underscore that, okay? just to motivate any of you that might have a child that you think would just grow out of it. If you're going to wait around and think that's going to happen and that child is autistic and you don't do anything, that borders on child abuse. So just take that as a point, okay? Anyway, it's a very important thing and I um, urge you to take action as best you can, okay? And as you're capable. And uh, take it seriously. Anyway, nice to have you with me on the uh, psychology report you know, for today. And uh, go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. And uh, I think this is a great opportunity for you to pick up my book, Dr. Teach Me to Parent. There's a lot of chapters in there on parenting, proper intentional parenting. And I'll help you in that book address this issue of autism and address the kind of the socialization issues that your child might need. So it's a book that will help you as a parent address the problems of your child, no matter, no matter what it is, but to become a more effective parent by intentional parenting. So it's booksbyhedberg.com. And the book that I recommend is Dr. Teach Me to Parent. Also the book Kids Alive in there, if you have a very young child. I wrote a book entitled Kids Alive and teaching the primary words that your child needs to understand and learn about and respond to. What are the primary words that your child needs to learn to become an appropriate socialized child? One word that a child needs to learn is no. Another word that a child needs to learn is wait. Okay? It's words like that. And I have a whole host of words that children need to learn. So, pick up the book, Kids Alive. Okay? Nice to have you with me, and thanks for joining in. Bye for now.